before, and now it just looks seamless. Hey guys. All right, so that's about all we're going to show you because we don't want anybody lusting after a new kitchen. And uh, one of the things that I I have never watched the Fixer Uppers, um, I have to admit. And uh, how many of you watch the Fixer Uppers? Yeah, and a lot of people love him. Stacy was telling us on Sunday how much she loves this show and that Chip and Joanna remind her of she and Ryan. That Ryan, the engineer, and she's the creationary, and the two of them, the way they, you know, the way they work on stuff like altars and backdrops, and, you know, I think a lot of people would crack up if they knew how little we spent um, at the church on these kinds of things because of people like Chip and Joanna. I mean... Ryan and Stacy, right? They're always renovating something. They're always finding old stuff, putting it together, getting free palettes and painting them and, and just doing things that honor God with their gifts. And, and our lives are very much um, like that, that there many times are fixer-upper things that need to happen, on, uh, you know, right in our lives. And so lots of people can help with that, friends and doctors and, right, psychologists and, and churches, you know, that there are actually ways that we can help one another renovate. And are you glad about that? Because I have to tell you, there's some walls that need to be knocked down in my life. And I need somebody that's good with a sledgehammer, right? I need some people that can actually uh, understand how to wire so that, you know, my house doesn't go up in flames. And, and so the gift of realizing um, that we could receive those gifts even today in church, like that God could actually do some renovation in our hearts. Um, the, the beauty of this book that we've been reading for Advent is that there are always ways for us to prepare for the coming of the Lord. Like if you had, you know, the most important person in your world coming for dinner, what would you do inside of you to get ready for them? Right? What would you do in your home? You know, you might run the vacuum. I don't know. You might slap a coat of paint up. But here's what the reality is, is that there is um, this gift, this deposit of God on the inside of us, and we are a home for God. And even when our rooms have gotten narrow or messy or need a wall knocked out, God lives here. And there's always that preparation of how do we let God live in, inside of us. And then there's always a preparation for people who are coming that don't know God, that you are rolling out the welcome mat for them to come to know God. And so there is this preparation. So week two is all about preparations. And when we were looking at preparations, um, our dear Stacy said, well, I think we should use a fixer-upper clip. Because when you think about preparing the way of the Lord, you think about what, what is out of order that I could put in order to welcome God, right? And so just think about this for a minute. We're going to let, we're just going to say, God, would you speak to us individually through words of scripture today? Let us hear what you want each of us to hear, right? Don't think about your brother, your mother, your sister, your friend, and what needs to be fixed up in them. But look at your own interior life today and then realize that the result of paying attention to our interior life does then lead other people to Christ. You know, there are people that shine so bright you can't deny that Jesus is living in them at a particular moment. Like, don't mean to embarrass you, Leanne and Art, but at Food Pantry, the two of you glow like a Christmas bulb. 
And not just because you wear white up, you know, light up sweaters and stuff like that, but because the love of God is so alive in the two of you. And, and the way that you prepare for people to receive God's love is just, it's a light for the world. And, and so when you think about your own life, where does your light shine? You know, where, where can the lights come on on the inside where we can see God in you? Where, where does that happen? And do more of that over this season. Let's do more of where our light comes on over the season. Where, where do we actually feel like there's renovation happening and we could invite someone into that part of our lives? Not because we're perfect, because let me just say to you all, if you're even brave enough to share your faith with somebody, just know that you're being vulnerable and, and courageous, and it's a courageous thing to share your faith. So we're going to begin this morning with, um, with this idea of following the star. And everybody, could you read the scripture with us? Philippians 1.6. I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. So tell the person next to you, the one who knocked your wall out is not finished yet, right? The one who's wiring you up is still working on the project. You are not, you, God is not leaving you here. You, God is doing this good work in you, and it will come to completion. Isn't that good news? I, I got to tell you, it makes me happy on the days that I think, wow, that room could use a coat of paint. So we want to follow the star, and we're going to do this in a way right now where, again, uh, we're going to say left and right, we're going to read to each other. We're going to read to you uh, to each side from Malachi and Luke. These are the scriptures that we're following this week in making preparations and getting fixed up. All right? Are you ready? So left. And redeem them. And he has raised up a mighty Savior for us in the house of his servant David. As he spoke through the mouth of his holy prophets of old, that we would be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel. Come on. For he has looked favorably on his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a mighty Savior for us in the house of his servant David. As he spoke through the mouth of his holy prophets of old, that we would be saved from our enemies and from the hand of those who hate us. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the forgiveness of their sins. And everybody... By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the way of peace. 
All of the scriptures this week are about making ready, about getting ready, about God doing a work in us that only God can do. And then Shane is going to read for us from the gospel reading. In the fifth year of the reign of Emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, and Herod was the ruler of the region of Ituaria, and Trachonitis, and Lysanias, ruler of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Athanas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Let's pray. There's so much in these scriptures for us to hear. And God, will you give us the ability to hear your word? Give us the ability to hear words of life, words that fill in valleys and make mountains low and straighten out crooked paths and smooth out our rough edges. God, let us hear the word that will bring life not only to us, but the people that we're going to come into contact with. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, first of all, um, Shane, thanks for taking on all those words that nobody wants to read out loud, right? And, uh, and so um, Shane, uh, Shane is in the life group that um, we're studying the book called Daring to Lead, and we actually have been talking about courage and that it takes courage to be vulnerable and to stand up and read a scripture um, in front of your congregation, but even more so when there are words like that in there, right? Like you try to, you know, pronounce trichinosis and, you know, all of that, right? You have these words that, that could say, well, I don't want to step out. I don't want to read. I don't, I don't want to do that. And yet, when we do, people receive something more than even the words on the page. They, re they receive the embodiment of someone who's reading scripture, like this person. I'm hearing their voice. I'm getting to know them by their reading. And when we think about following the star, I have to tell you, it takes courage, my friends. And I dream all the time of a courageous church. I dream of a brave church church. A church that says, I I'm stepping out. I want to try that thing. I want to do that thing. I want to show up for that. I want to I be open to what God wants to do here in my life. It'll be different than Shane standing up. I mean, Shane, his, you know, his, he's a, he has a master's in leadership, and he runs a bunch of people in the jail, so he's not afraid of people, right? So I didn't just come up and ask, 
anybody to read that scripture out loud. But if you know me, I will come up and ask you to do something. That's in your gift mix. Because God, right? I remember when I asked Tanaka to sing, right? And Tanaka's like, huh? Huh? I, yeah. Aren't you glad Tanaka stepped out and was courageous, right? Following the star takes courage, and courage requires vulnerability. You've got to be willing to fail, right? Is there anything you've done in your life that is courageous that didn't take vulnerability? If there is, tell me one thing. One courageous thing you've done that didn't require you to be vulnerable, to risk something, right? The possibility of failing or being humiliated or, or whatever it is. And, and if you did it and you felt your courage, do you just want to say thank you, God, right now? Like, yeah, you followed the star, you followed the light. God guided your feet in the way of peace, And whenever we're afraid to follow where the star is leading us right now, we need to say, what needs to happen in me to prepare the way of Christ's coming? Because I never know what's going to happen. You know, Scott and I, when we were young, we um, did a lot of work with with helping um, not only women choose life uh, when they were in scary pregnancies, but also those who had abortions find healing. And that was a big part of our work in, uh, in the early years of our ministry life. And we went to Washington, and we lobbied there with senators and congressmen. We were kids. We were, we were kids. We were in our young 20s. And we showed up. And, you know, anybody know John Dingle or uh, what's his name, honey, the senator that's Carl Levin? I mean, we went into their offices and said, we just want to talk to you about the right to life from the womb to the tomb. I just want to talk to you about that. And, and so we would have conversations, and then we would come home, and we had Bible studies for women and men who had lived through the pain of abortion so that we could guide their feet into the way of peace. i got to tell you, it takes courage in a moment where we're polarized politically and theologically to show up in whatever way God's inviting you to show up. And that when we show up, we remember when we were working outside of um, an abortion clinic and there were young girls who um, we were placing in what they called shepherding homes, that if they were pregnant and they didn't have anywhere to go, that we could find them a home where they could actually have a safe environment to be pregnant and, and give birth. And there were people that would show up and want to be with us, and they would carry signs that said, really not healing words about the doctors that worked in the place and about the choices that people were making. And Scott and I just said, we we can't work with them. We were there every Saturday for uh, almost four years. And um, we we weren't going to work with people who didn't want to guide people's feet into the way of peace, like reconciling, you know, if they had broken hearts and broken dreams. And, and we just, and I don't know how we, you know, I, I don't know how we did that other than that that was what God asked us to do. I know that God has something very specific, a way for you to follow the star. And what needs to happen in you to prepare the way for Christ's coming, because we used to say it. We would be out on the street and we would say, you know, if Jesus is going to break through the eastern sky, we hope we're here when he comes. 
We hope we're right here, you know? And, and it doesn't mean that we hope that we were right there. It just means that I hope I'm busy doing what God has made me to do with God on the earth. What is it? What is it? As we're preparing for Christ's coming, how, what are the ways, you know, even some of the scriptures we've read over the last couple of weeks, like, don't let God find you drunk on the day of his coming, right? I mean, you want to be fully awake and aware, don't you? I mean, you, you don't want to be given over to um, sins that wound your life or the life of other people, right? You want to say, I, I want to be found watching and waiting. It's what I want to do. And so for reflection, just, you know, when you think about John, so John, actually, the scripture that Shane read to us, it said that he, he, he lived in the wilderness and brought us a word. And I don't think everybody's called to live in the desert, and I don't think everybody's called to live in the wilderness, but people who've been in the wilderness, have you come out with a word? When you've been in a difficult time of your life, like a painful time in your life, did you emerge with a word? Like... God met me here in this really low place, dry place, difficult place. And I can share that word of hope with someone. Whatever it is, whatever your story is, see, you're being prepared to bring that word. You never know. A lot of times people say, this is the loneliest, worst, most awful time of my life. And what happens on the inside of me is I want to say, I wonder what God's going to do with that. I wonder what God wants to co-create in this moment to bring your voice into the next season. I wonder what God wants to do with that. So John was in lonely places, and I don't know that he would have come out with those big, bold words, right, if he hadn't had some time where God called him to be. So I'm going to ask you, the scripture said that crooked places are going to be straightened out. So what crooked place in me needs to be straightened out? We all know what's crooked, right? Right? Anybody have crooked walls in their house? You know, crooked floors, like uneven floors. You know what's crooked on the inside of you. You can feel it. You're just a little bit off center or you're kind of going, right? Like when you're in a crooked room, you ever been in the house of mirrors? Like you're you're just disoriented. And there are times when we're disoriented because something's crooked on the inside. And isn't God kind to let us know that that's a signal that something needs to be straightened? Or is there a valley that needs to be filled? Something really painful where you just feel like a deep loss and emptiness that just, it needs to be filled. So what is that? And how could God meet you? What about mountains that need to be made low? I mean, sometimes we are seriously just mountains are right here. I remember when I was diagnosed with um, multiple sclerosis, somebody bought me a Montel Williams book called Mountain, Get Out of My Way. And, uh, and so it was a fun book to read because he was talking about how he was dealing with the mountain in his life. And so I wonder what the mountains are in your life that need to be made low. Because the scripture talks about that he's going to fill every valley, lower every mountain, straighten out crooked places. Or what are the rough edges? And if you don't know, just ask the person next to you. I'm pretty sure they can tell you. Like, what are the rough edges in me that that could be smoothed out? You know, for me, it showed up in our staff meeting on Tuesday. I just, I, I was in a hurry and I was really passionate about something and very convicted deeply about 
providing particular kinds of protection, but I didn't deliver it very well. And then it ended up being something that on Thursday, I, had to, I got the privilege of repenting to the staff and just saying, please forgive me for my short-sighted way of presenting that information and, you know, will you guys forgive me? And they did. They all forgave me. And it was beautiful. But I got to tell you, it was a rough edge. And, and when, you know, Scott and I went home, we got to talk about the rough edge. And he had his own rough edge that he had to work through, too, even though he is almost perfect. There are just, you know, just a, just a couple things I can help him with, too. And, uh, and so, you know, the beauty of good relationships is, is that you can talk about that, right? We spent the evening having a great conversation and sanding off each other's rough edges with kind words, not with combative words, not with shaming words or blaming words, but words that actually said, this is a little rough. Let's see what we can, we can do here. So, so ask God, what are these rough places that need to be smoothed out? And so think about this, you know, what preparations are being made so, that, made so that all flesh can see the salvation of God? This is all this scripture you just read. It's like all this stuff happens, crooked places get straight, high mountains get lowered, valleys get filled, rough places get smoothed so that all flesh can see the salvation of God. Because you know what happens to people when they look at people who are changing and they're actually humbling themselves and willing to grow and become who God is calling them to be through the mountains and the valleys and the crooked and the rough, that then all flesh will see the salvation of our God. I don't know that I really want to tell you the story behind this now just because we only have a few minutes, but look at Scott's beard. And I remember, you know, uh, Sarah just found this picture yesterday and she put it up on Facebook. And you can't believe the mean things people have said about us since they've seen this picture. But um, it was our senior pastor where we did our internship in the Detroit area was taking our picture. He wanted to be a photographer on the side. And so we were in our living room and took a picture of us. And um, he actually strongly encouraged Scott to grow that beard. He said, because we were so young, he said, I don't think people are going to listen to you unless you look a little older. Let's see, what, what could we do, you know? And so I got to tell you, uh, yeah, I wore grandma dresses and Scott grew a beard. And, um, but there's this part of this story that you, you don't realize. This was um, the, the year before this, we were grieving our son Paul's uh, passing, and this Christmas, we were receiving our Josiah as, um, uh, you know, the baby that came after our son, Paul. And you don't really know the story. You can look at these people and think you know their story, but you can't imagine what the wilderness looked like for those two years for this little group of people and what was being formed in them at that time and, and the need to know what is the meaning in this right? In low places and mountains and crooked places. And it all comes down to Linus, you know? It all comes down to, this is the real meaning of Christmas, Charlie Brown. This is it. This is the real meaning, that there is a way to prepare the way of the Lord. And when we think about what God has been doing in our lives, we can either let our hearts be open or we can armor up 
and not let our hearts be softened. If we look at our mountains and our valleys and our crooked places, we can put armor around our heart and be unable to see that God is with us and and allow ourselves to be prepared in the way God desires. And so we just want to say, you know, how could we bring open-heartedness? How could we put down our shields? How could we say, God, I want to believe again? I, 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 wanna, I don't want to be all armored up. I want, I want to believe in your goodness. So when we think about this, we think about how are we showing up. And, and when we are being healed, crooked places, actually, we can bring our presence and, and be healed. I said this to Sean and Kathleen the other day because they've been you know, leading grief share for so many years. I mean, you don't ever want to write that story of what's going to prepare you to be with grieving people, right? But God was making crooked places have meaning and high mountains and low valleys that that God can actually bring your presence in places that you're going to fill people in their valleys. You're going to fill their valleys. You're you're going to bring your presence and you're going to say to people like Montel Williams did for me, mountain, get out of my way. You know, his presence did that for me. It was a gift. I would say all the time, I'm not in denial, I'm just in refusal. I'm not in denial, I'm just in refusal. I know what the results of my tests say. I'm not in denial, but I am in refusal. And, and so he gave me that kind of chutzpah, that like, get, get out of my way, mountain. You know, he gave me that gift. I'm not saying it was all him, I'm just saying it was a little portion of my story that, that gave me. Because we know this, we've said it a couple of weeks ago, God comes disguised as your life. And your mountains, your valleys, your crooked places, your rough places, they are all to discover God and the meaning of life, not the meaning of what's happening to you. Because some things, man, I got to tell you, anybody who tells you everything happens for a reason, tell them, God bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and then head for the hills. Because some things happen because there's evil in the world, and some things happen because it's a fallen world, right? So what you want to say is, uh, you you don't want to be mean to them because they just don't know that yet. So just bless them and keep them and make your face shine upon them. But don't, don't ever let go of this beautiful way of saying, God, how are you in my life right now? in this mountainous time, in this valley time, in a crooked time? And how can I bring myself to somebody else's mountain, valley, crooked, or rough place? Sometimes we actually get healed just by showing up for someone else, right? Sometimes we actually get power because we're showing up for someone else. And we remember the God who is able. We remember the God that this Asero tribe says, knowledge is only a rumor until it lives in your bones. Knowledge is only a rumor until it lives in your bones. A lot of people read the Bible, but it's not in their bones, You guys can come on up. When I think about um, the people who get this down in their bones, they actually take their bones places. They will take their bones to the places that are crooked and mountainous and valley-like, and they'll bring themselves. And, And so don't feel bad if the Bible is only up here in your head at this moment, but just say, God, could you help your word descend down into my bones and become a part of my living, breathing life? part of my life that is saying, mountain, get out of my way, or every valley shall be filled. I almost asked you to sing Handel's Messiah, Every Valley. I know you could. (laughs) Every valley. Right? 
And so, you know, maybe turn on Handel's Messiah this Christmas and remember that every valley will be filled and every mountain will be made low and every crooked way will be made straight. And let the faith of God enter your life for Christmas. Because Jesus came in this way. John was prepared to give that message. And so are you. You don't live in the wilderness, but wherever you've been, God has given you a way to bring your own bones somewhere to bring your life somewhere. So I'm just wondering if you could pray with me. You could stand, you could sit, you could kneel in whatever way you'd like. And let's just let God, let all the words that Claire said today fall away and let the one word that you are speaking to each person remain. The one idea, the one thought, the one gift the way of taking us into the light of Christmas, the truth of Christ coming. God, you can move mountains. So I'm just going to ask you, if you're a person who needs a mountain move, just lift your hands to God or some way say to God, I have a mountain in my life. And just say, God, you're the mountain mover. And... So God, show me how I can participate with you in what you're doing in my life, what you're preparing me for. Show me how to let the armor down off my heart to open up to what you might want to prepare me for, what you might want to fix in my life. just say to the mountain, you will have to move at the word of God, just in your own way, just say that you, you have to move by God's word and in God's time. So I'm not going to look at the mountain, I'm going to look at the God of the mountain. I'm going to let my eyes, I'm going to lift my eyes over the hills from where my help comes and keep my eyes up to the one who is the author and the finisher of my faith and when I take my last breath I will have been preparing the whole way and just keep holding that prayer with God and and the people who have deep valleys right now that you feel there's an emptiness or a loneliness in your soul just however you communicate with God that you're asking him to fill a valley. Put your hand on your heart or your, your hands out and say, God, you said you'd fill every valley. You'd fill up every low place. Will you do that for me? And as I wait and as I'm in this valley and see it, I just, I watch for you, for how you're going to show up in the valley and fill it. Just keep holding that prayer before God. And for those of you where there's crooked places where you know there's sin in your life and ways that are just ruinous on the inside, just say to God, would you, would you make this crooked way straight? Will you help me as I head toward this preparation of what you've called me to do and be? Forgive me, heal me, and lead me in the way of peace out of crooked and into your ways that are peace. 
Just keep holding that prayer before God if that's you. And then others of you, you know you got some rough edges going on. And your relationships are suffering. Your relationships, your, the people in your life are really enduring at the moment. They're enduring your rough edges. And would you just say, God, would you help me here? Would you help me see the rough places? And would you send me someone that can be a trusted person that will help me? And even sometimes, you know, there's iron that sharpens iron and sparks fly. Sometimes it's not finishing sanding. It's actually some pretty heavy-duty taking off of the rough edges. Will you say thank you, God, for even this moment where I get to be convicted about my rough edges? Thank you. Thank you that you love me. And you wouldn't, you would, because you love me, you let me see. And then let's hold all of these prayers up before God and say, God, and now we have people that we know we need to show up for that have mountains and valleys and rough places and crooked places. And God, will you let me show up with presence, presence of kindness and strength and faith or just vulnerability to show up. And may your salvation come through us, your people, a brave church, A brave church that's willing to be vulnerable, that's willing to say, here I am, God, send me in all my mountains and valleys and crooked, rough places. Send me, God. Not when I get perfect, but right now as I'm choosing to be open and let the armor of my heart come off. So may God bless you and keep you. And may God lift you up that you see God's presence in your life today and every day this week, letting the scriptures wash over you and bring you life and health and strength in Jesus' name.